Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, you know what I find funny? That people think that Andre Gudala is the reason why the Warriors won the title. He was the finals MVP. <laughs> <sighs> Please don't start that. No, it's it's just, I don't know. There's something that I find funny about the notion that teams would be willing, or they that we're going to steal Iguodala away to hurt Golden State. It Don't. Don't get it twisted. It would hurt Golden State. He made a bunch of really good plays, and his defense is incredible. I had an argument with somebody that I think that Andre Iguodala would have been the best player on the Mavericks last year. You mentioned that to me, and I laughed at that. A lot of people have laughed at it. That's that's one of the things. That's one of the hills I'm going to die on. But uh, I like Iggy, and I I do really like Iggy, but I think Barnes is better than him. Obviously, Barnes is in an upwards trajectory, and Iguodala is in a downward trajectory. So, like at some point, they crossed. They crossed, and I think that I was I might be a year too late on that. But Barnes wasn't on the Mavs two years ago, so I couldn't I couldn't make oh, that yeah. argument. He was definitely he would have definitely been the best player two years ago on the Mavs, right? Two years ago. So you're talking no Barnes, no Noel. You're talking like Darren Williams, Wes Matthews, Chandler Parsons still. Chandler Parsons. Exactly. I guess so. I don't know. It's just something. There's just something about it I think is funny. So you're tell, if I'm telling you right now, if Iguodala is not on the team, the Warriors are not winning the title next year? Oh, no. I mean so, – he doesn't mean yeah. that much to him. I'm just saying that it would hurt. It would make it. It would make it more difficult. Would they still be the favorites? Yes. I mean. Yeah, yeah, but that, just that's my the thing. top heaviness. That's my thing. Like the reports are saying, like, oh, this is the like teams are are strategically thinking this way of how to beat the Warriors <laughs> is to steal Eagles yeah. overpay him. Really, who whoever has the cap to overpay him, you're not going to beat them. Like, so you're gonna right. you're gonna mortgage your future based for it to come in, you know, fourth and you know, whatever, but exactly. I, don't, I just found that funny. And those are the type of questions we're going to ask today. We're going to go through all of the Western conference teams. We're going to do this actually pretty quick. We're going to go through each team and just talk about them in the context of free agency for a Mavericks fan. So if you're listening to this, you're a Mavericks fan and you're like, I don't really know what's going on with all these other teams. Like I don't really pay attention to Utah that much. You know what I mean? Like if you're sitting there at home and you're just saying, I have no idea what the the Thunder are going to do or the Grizzlies. Like what are the, what's the Grizzlies cap situation? So we're just going to talk about all that. Just give you a little synopsis of what's going on there. We also have a couple of things that we want to get to as far as some summer league players were announced. So we'll talk about those guys just very briefly, just kind of name them. And, and when, when the full roster comes out, we'll do a full breakdown of everybody that's coming in and who could potentially make the 
the roster. And then before we get into all that, I just wanted to make one note. I totally forgot to make this point yesterday, and I wanted to get to it today, is that one thing I did not like about the NBA awards is um, – and Howard Beck from Bleacher Report, he has a podcast called The Full 48, which is really good. He has good guests on. He talked about this, and it reminded me of the point that I was going to make last night, is that the one group of people that really – is hurt by putting all of the awards together in one spot, whether it's in Brooklyn, like it was last night or whether it's in somewhere else, it's going to be in LA probably next year. So they can get more players, but wherever it is, the local media in certain markets don't get the announcement press conference in their city. And so you get the intimacy of having all of the, the people around. Can you imagine if like Dirk's 30 K game was in Brooklyn yeah, but you know that would be awful. <laughs> you know, we'd be far away. We wouldn't be able to be there. One of the, and Howard Beck made this point on his podcast. The best thing about the the you to real MVP, you know, press conference from from Kevin Durant was that it was intimate. It was like it was just the you know Oklahoma media and some uh, you know a bunch of national media, obviously, but the, all the Oklahoma media was there. His mom was there. All the all the players were there, and you don't really get that. And so for a team like Dallas, for the team like the Mavericks, let's say Harrison Barnes would have won most improved player. He wins that and he goes in front of like all those national media people in that in that place, and we don't really get, you know, Harrison Barnes with that that award necessarily. And I'm sure the Mavericks would probably do something like that. They would probably have some sort of press conference with him later and after the fact. But just to have that in the city, I think is important to not only teams and fans, but definitely to us as local media. So local media, I think are kind of hurt by this. What do you think about that? I like that. I hadn't thought about that because, you know, it is a fun job and it is a fun hobby and we love to do it, but it's, it's also a grind too. I mean, we do these podcasts daily and we're both married and doing our thing and not to each other. <laughs> I just want have, to clarify we have, that. We have wives and uh <laughs> better you know hu- just that are human women and they're very real. <laughs> <laughs> and going to uh you know, going to all the games and I, I don't want to sound like, oh, you're thinking like it's so yeah, hard. How dare so you complain about free Mavs games? How dare you? It's not complaining at all. It's <laughs> but it's still it's still a grind and we still do. We put a lot of work into it because we're passionate about it, and we and we love doing it. But and to have that, I, I get that. I, I could see that. I hadn't really thought about that. So to have that moment, and you know, and we're like at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, seriously. <laughs> a lot, some of these people go to away games and travel and away from their families all the time, and this is their. I don't know. You just you invest into not just relationships that you build between people within an organization and sometimes players and I don't know. There's just something about I could I could see that of local media, especially with like Westbrook and yeah. you know, some of those OKC reporters and stuff that their whole year is evolved around writing how many thousands about and thousands Russell of words Westbrook. have they wrote about Westbrook. And pushing this campaign, and you know they're they're at home on their couch watching it, and Seriously. It's kind, of, kind of a bummer. But yeah, I agree with Beck on that. So another thing that I wanted to bring up is about the awards. the uh, The voting came out, so the national media was you know outed basically <laughs> in the picks that they made. And the guy that voted for Isaiah Thomas and Lamarcus Aldridge, he voted for Isaiah Thomas for for all defense, 
And he voted for LaMarcus Aldridge third place for Defensive Player of the Year. It's this guy named Marcelo Nugera. He's a, a writer from this website called Olay, which is some Argentinian website. But it was just funny that that guy it was the same guy that voted for both of those guys that were just very, just egregious picks. And I had couldn't make no sense of why he would pick those guys to win. Another thing that I wanted to bring up with that is uh, we found out the people that voted for Mavericks players. So have you? did you see the guys that voted for Mavericks players? Um, I've seen some here and there, like Seth and I tweeted them. Know. I tweeted them all out, went and went and found them. So I'm going to read them to you. The two uh, votes for most improved for Harrison Barnes, Steve Kyler from Basketball Insiders, and our own Eddie Sefko. <laughs> Eddie was pretty loyal to Dallas, wasn't he? He was. So... Uh, but for Seth Curry, Royce Young, uh, Oklahoma City uh, writer, I think, for ESPN still. And then a guy named Weeping Zhang of CCTV, which is a uh, Chinese TV station. Shout out China. They voted for Seth Curry. Then all defensive team, uh, a guy named TJ Mantok, who is a, Philippine, a writer from the Philippines. So that this also you know, enlightened me to the fact that the global game, like spreading the NBA to across, you know, global places is also in the media you know like you have media in different countries that are from those places and then eddie sefko also voted for west matthews all defensive first team both those guys all defensive first team hey do you know how many more votes that that was than lebron (laughs) one it's one more (laughs) that's what i thought so uh then all the people that voted for yogi ferrell for first team all rookie he ended up making second team but for all first team david aldridge Lee Jenkins from Sports Illustrated, Eddie Sefko again, uh, Jay Michael from CSN. He covers the Wizards. Um, Richard Walker, who covers for the Gast- Gaston Gazette. I don't even know where that is. Do you know where that is? Gaston, ain't that the character from Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I have no idea. What well, that's where he's from. Maybe Charlotte, because he's got some Hornets stories on there. Then uh, Sean Devaney, who covers the, uh, who's a writer in Buffalo. No, not Buffalo. What am I saying? I don't know. He writes for uh, Sporting News. And then uh, Vincent Goodwill, who's a Bulls writer for CSN. Those guys all voted for Yogi Ferrell first team. All rookie. And then uh, Yogi got one third place rookie of the year vote. Do you want to know who it is? Do I know him? Oh, yeah. McMahon? Eddie, no, McMahon doesn't have a vote. Eddie Sefko. (laughs) So Eddie Eddie sticking up for his boys. So I just wanted to go through that. That was interesting just to see who voted and see guys like David Aldridge, you know, and uh, Lee Jenkins, like those are really big NBA people, you know, showing some love for Yogi. So, mm. all right, the summer league players, a couple of them were announced. Uh, there's a guy from Belgium. What was his name? Ismail Baco. Ismail Baco. He was announced. Uh, there's a couple others. I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Corey Webster on here. Oh, He's yeah. from New Zealand. Another New Zealand guy, and, and Tori Craig. These. This is not official yet, so this could be Orlando, yeah, Vegas. These are just reports. Stuff that that we've just caught. Um, Jordan Jordan Spieth's brother. Oh Steven. yeah, Stephen uh, with an with an E V I N, right? Yeah, Steven. yeah. Stephen. So uh, Dwight uh, Bucks or Bukes? Oh, or, Dwight Bikes. He played for the Bikes. the Lakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna be on there. He's thinking. a really good shooter. He can't really do a lot else, but he's a really good shooter. He's like a 
Poor man, Seth Curry is what I would say. Okay. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, Sef, Eddie Sefko did a story on this Chinese guy. Oh, ding. And ding. Ding. Ying Yong Ying Yong Hong. Good I try. Don't know. Good try. Some, some, something like that. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's he's a, a wingman. You know, you don't see yeah, too many. Yeah, he's like a 6'9 wingman that can go to the basket and shoot. And... Yeah. The one I want to throw at you, Torian Graham. Torian Graham was the Pac-12 second leading scorer in the conference behind Markel Fultz. Oh. Averaged 18 points a game. Oh, and that's led- way behind Markel. Markel averaged like 25 points a game, didn't he? <laughs> Dang. And he led, he led the Pac- so far behind him. He led the Pac-12 in three-point shooting. He's there like we go. Shoot, like a shooting guard. You know so. how tall he is? He's 6'5". Uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> we had a breakup and he didn't know it was the connection was breaking up and he didn't know how tall he was and the connection just went really bad so i was like you should just look it up real quick and sound smart so he didn't know that off the top of his head i just want to point that out <laughs> and we'll edit it to sound like i know that <laughs> no, exactly. i did i did know all the stats that was not edited that was not edited it definitely wasn't i don't know i mean the the orlando roster has to come out probably today which is when you're listening to it on yeah. thursday Starts on Saturday, so has to come out. And I don't know. I'm more interested to see which young Mavericks play in it. You know, Yogi, Finney Smith, Nico, Hammonds. Does all of them, does just a few of them? I would assume not all of them will play in Orlando, None. just Vegas, but. I don't know. I could see Hammonds playing in both. He better. He needs to. The only player last year that was like an actual Mavericks acquisition that played was Satnam Singh. Please, Jaleel, <clears throat> Jaleel Cousins also uh, <laughs> played for. I said something go my throat. Had uh, he also played in the Orlando Summer League for the Mavericks last year, and, and he ended up he ended up being on the Mavericks roster at least for a cup, you know, a game. He didn't get in a game, but he he was there. So, you think Dwight Powell play? No, he's too old. <laughs> isn't that isn't that sad? He's too old to play in summer league. <laughs> uh, no comment. Stop but. that. All right, so let's get into let's get into these Western Conference free you know free agency uh, primer for all these teams. Uh, the Warriors, do you have any questions? <laughs> I mean, what, like what else are we going to talk about? They they can't really yeah. add anybody. They're probably not going to lose anybody. It's just they're just kind of going to stay where they are. I mean, no, they stole Jordan Bell on draft night. Seriously, I mean, they did. They gonna... bought him for three and a half million dollars, which is still a steal, still still. <laughs> um, but no, I mean. No questions. They'll be number one. Their core four will be back. And, and as long I think as that the, is intact. The only question is, does Durant and Steph give up any money to keep Livingston and Iguodala? But even if they did lo- like lose they Livingston and Iguodala, what was the big thing everybody was complaining or worried about at the beginning of the year? The storyline was like, oh, they have no bench. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They have no bench. They're not going to win without a bench. Okay, 16 and 1. So, and now it's like, oh, everybody's crying because they're winning. But no, no more questions. The one thing I want to say about that is they have these young guys like I mean, we saw Pat McCaw, a, a rookie, a rookie playing big minutes in the, the NBA finals and you have they have like other guys like Kevon Looney, My, James Michael McAdoo, just other guys like that. They just got uh Bell who he talked about those guys are getting actual real exposure and experience. And we saw how much that can help a player like Harrison Barnes. Now Harrison Barnes is older than those guys when he left the Warriors, but 
those guys getting all that experience is only going to help them, and eventually they're going to be able to replace guys like Iguodala. <laughs> I mean, Pat McCall might be able to replace Iguodala next year. <laughs> that guy. Is... Yeah, I mean, so much, so much for them moving forward will be, you know, their role players is which young players are coming up: Pat McCall, Looney, Jordan Bell, and then which, how much can you get out of the veterans, the veteran ring chasers? You know, if they get a Nene or Vince Carter, you know. So if you bring yeah. your your rotation players is like Vince Carter, Nene, Pat McCall, Jordan Bell, well, there's your little like you know, Second I don't know. Unit. Yeah, but even like no your more third qu- unit. No more questions about them. The Spurs, and we're going in order of how they finished last year. Uh, the Spurs, do they add somebody big? They're looking at Chris Paul. They're looking at you know. I think that's it, really. Like the, I haven't heard any other names linked to them besides Chris Paul. Have you? Uh, Kyle Lowry. I mean, kind of. Yeah. It's you know whatever that the Spurs are pretty much they're just sitting there. They've dipped their toes and in, into waters. I think that if, my prediction with San Antonio, this they're just going to set back. They're going to see how much of a player they can be for, for a big time free agent, and if they can get one, then they're going to start unloading. You know, if if we see a deal go down like Danny, Danny Green, Green yeah. Aldridge, you know, the, they, you know, get traded for nothing, then you know they're about to get a big free agent. But they're kind of a question mark team, yeah. but not as big of a question mark as some others. I still put them in the top four, but they have the potential to – because I don't – I just – yeah, I mean, they got to get a little bit more help with with Leonard. Yeah, the, the the big question for them is if they do add somebody big, does it cost them too much? If they have to get rid of Aldridge, Green, and Tony Parker, that to me just kind of decimates them, even if it is Chris Paul. Because then, what are you doing at, at power forward? Like, what are you do, what are you doing at the four? Or what are you doing at the five position? You got Pau Gasol and what David Lee? Like, I mean, what are you going to do with that position? So that's that's the big question for them: is is does it cost too much for them to add a big name free agent? So to move on to the Rockets. I think they really need to find out if they can add a proven player in the playoffs. They, the Chris Paul thing makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, no. On two on two regards, one the the fit with James Harden isn't great. You do always want to have as many guys as you can that can handle the ball, and make plays on their own. That would be, I mean, that's incredible. And we talked about that even on the scale of the Mavericks with Dennis Smith Jr. and. Yogi and JJ and like adding all those guys and keeping Seth and all that stuff. Like we want to keep as many of those guys as we can, but this level of Chris Paul and James Harden is so much bigger than that. And the usage is so much higher, but Chris Paul's not a proven playoff guy. I mean, he had that, that one series over the Spurs that you remember, he hit that, that win that game winner in game seven, I think. Uh, but that was like in the first round and he yeah. has never been past the second round. That's a pretty famous stat. Um, I just don't. I just can't see that even really like helping them. Do you? No, no, I don't. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you put Chris Paul and Harden together. I think you you just try to make it work. But with with Harden, Beverly is like the perfect defender with him. Seriously, and he's the perfect guy next to him. They need a secondary playmaker. That's why Eric Eric Gordon was so effective with them. And but, Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou Williams, but. They need that at the small forward spot. That that's why if they could get their hands on Paul George, I mean he would be perfect in that, you know, with Beverly and Harden in the backcourt. Um, but 
<laughs> yeah, Chris Paul offensively, he needs the ball. You know, he's going to run the show. I mean, he doesn't play off the ball, and but that's what Harden does now. So I don't, I don't get that at all. I think them chasing somebody like a Blake Griffin or a Gordon Hayward would make more sense. But I don't know. I still, I still put them in in the top four to some capacity. They're still going to shoot, you know, ninety threes a game, and Seriously. Harden's a, a monster. So. Yeah, they'll still be up there. One thing to look at with them is what do they do with Ryan Anderson? I mean, he's got really big money up next to his name, and he didn't really show a ton for them. I mean, he is a floor spacer, but that's kind of all, all you get from him. Uh, they could replace it. What if if the if the Rockets replaced Ryan Anderson with Channing Fry? How much worse would they be? Um, I think a little bit worse. I yeah, like but, Ryan Anderson but not more. Much. I mean, not 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 huge. Yeah. But like for them, like if what if they went and got Blake Griffin? You know, like that would be fascinating. That would be a an all can't watch team. I would. Oh my gosh, those are two guys that are just very unwatchable for me. And James Harden and Blake Griffin. Just I don't know why. It's not that their games are awful, but just to aesthetically looking at them, watching right. them complain about every single call, and then just ugh, I can't. No. And I think a lot of Mavericks fans would agree with me. That would make them so oh, yeah. that would make them so hateable. Yeah, Dallas Dallas hates Houston. Seriously. In, and then add Blake Griffin to that, who uh was on the on the Clippers, who is our next team. And I wrote three things down for this team as I was looking through this. I'm just gonna lay them all out for you and then tell me what you <laughs> think. Okay. Does this blow up in their face? And then I wrote, please let it blow up in their face. And then I wrote <laughs> But maybe not because <laughs> the Mavericks are obviously not as good as the Clippers. But that game that they played against the Clippers in AAC where the Mavericks won was so good. I just yeah. – if that could happen at like once a year, that would be the, that would be the best <laughs> with that team. And they just become very hateable and they've become that one team that, that everybody looks at and they're like no, that nobody likes. And if that goes away, then there's like a rival, like an intense rivalry type team that's gone. You know, like if, if it's just Chris Paul and even if it's not like if it's just Blake Griffin and DeAndre, I just don't know that it's that much of a rivalry type, like tough game anymore. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I, I mean, I don't, I've been pretty open. I, I don't think Chris Paul is leaving. But, yeah, I don't think so either. I give it. I mean, I'm I'm super low. I mean, I tell one of my good friends like five percent chance. Like, I, I don't I don't buy it at all. It would have to be an amazing situation. And so I think he comes back on the max. I don't think they blow it up. I don't I don't see that happening. I think it'd be hilarious if it did. But Especially I think when they just added Jerry West for all that money. Like he he's making like four million or like two or four million dollars a year. Yeah, and they got two solid draft picks in Jawan Evans and Sundarius Thornwell. Like those oh, yeah. are two two solid second round picks that you know can play solid minutes for them. But I don't know. I think there's a real shot Blake could leave, especially if they don't offer him the max. Which you know you see some people saying that they're they're not prepared to hand in the max. I think two situations to watch. I think they are the immediate favorite for Carmelo if Melo leaves. I don't. I put them oh, over. Geez. I put them over put Cleveland. Car- put Carmelo on that team it would just be like if he gets bought out you know right if if Melo gets bought out I I could totally see the Clippers saying let's bring the core back together and then just bring Melo into that or they let Blake walk 
and then you know sign mellow whatever i th- if if i'm new york i don't know if i'm the clippers i want to shake it up you know what a sign and trade with with blake and mellow be that bad you know that's been talked about and speculated on for yeah it feels like the last 10 years why it's not been but anyway i'm gonna answer that i'm gonna answer that with two two words three words because phil jackson because phil jackson that's it that's all it is so i hope it i hope one of those guys leaves i think if blake leaves i think the clippers are just as good as they were last year yeah i mean they they are just as good with blake out of the lineup I think they should. They should have. Yeah, you know, I just. I thought they should have capitalized on Blake's value earlier. But I think trading him to Denver back last year or whatever, whenever Denver was, you know, involved in talks with him or interested in him, like getting like a Wilson Chandler, Gallinari, and stuff back for him back then. I thought. I thought it could have helped him big time. But I don't think they blow it up. I think they'll be back as a top five seed next year. This is not a comparison of the two players as players. But in a way, in a, in a way, in a type of way, this is going to totally blow up in my face. In oh, no. a way. Remember Andy Roddick. But, <laughs> more famous than Dak Prescott. <laughs> um, Blake Griffin is sort of like the Clippers' Dirk, where he's like the first superstar that they had that was like theirs and that had like grown up in their organization and was like was the, like was the Clippers, like Dirk was the Mavericks. And, no, I kind of get your point with that. So, I mean, obviously, to not to degree, that's not definitely that's not no, no, not no. what you're saying. This is but, like before 2007, like before yeah. he was MVP. Like he's not that level. But looking at why they didn't get rid of Blake Griffin is you can understand it from their perspective. Like this is the guy. This was the first guy that that Clippers fans could have hope in. That could, they could look at a guy and be like, "Holy crap, that is a basketball player. Like that wait, is a really good player." You're saying. They didn't have hope in Michael Alawakandi or Darius Miles. Or in that year when they had Sam Cassell and El- Elton Brand and Chris Caveman. No. Oh, man. I forgot about Elton Brand. Elton Brand was kind of a baller. Yeah, he was. But, but no, just, I get your point. Just from that yeah. perspective, like if people were saying the Mavericks should have traded Dirk like in 2005 or something like that, or 2003, you know, or something like that, we would all be like, no, heck no, we're not going to do that. So maybe they look at it that way. All right, moving on to the Jazz. The big question with them is, what are they without Gordon Hayward? Because I think Gordon Hayward leaves. I think he's gone. Or George Hill. And then what George, are they with that? Right. And then George Hill is also an unrestricted free agent. So you're looking at a team with Mondo cap space in a very bad in a very bad place that nobody would want to go to. Someone told me that Blake Griffin should sign with the Utah Jazz, and I said there is no way uh-huh. on God's Kia Earth that Blake Griffin would leave L.A. Yeah. And go to Salt Lake City. That still matters. And if you don't think that matters, look at what Kevin Durant just did. One of his big reasons for going to Golden State was he wanted to be in a new city. He wanted to be in a new place. Obviously, there was more factors. Obviously. Yeah. But that does play a part. I think think losing George Hill would almost be more detrimental than Hayward. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Mainly because I think the drop-off between Gordon Hayward to Rodney Hood – is less lesser than George Hill to freaking Exum Dante or Shelvin Mack. Shelvin Mack's an unrestricted free agent too. Okay, well Exum. So, and I I think Exum can get better, but Man, I don't R- know. RIP R- Trey Burke. He was supposed to take up the mantle, and he. <laughs> Alec Burks. He's uh, no, not Alec Burke. Trey Burks. 
Trey Burke. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Not plural. They do have Alex Bur- Alec Burks on their team for he's, like ten million or something. And he's been in and out too. But that that team next year could just be Gobert and nothing. Like yeah, so we we wanted to mention them because they were what the fifth seed this past year and correct. yeah, fifty the same record as the Clippers, fifty one. All the hype, everybody's all about that chain. And they Jazz, were awesome. They were a great team. Jazz Twitter kind of got on my nerves. By the way, I don't know. There's just something about them. Another just... another team that was had a good team for once. <laughs> they made the playoffs for the first time in a while, and you got to just let them. You know. Yeah, the Mavericks but, Twitter will be just like that when we make the playoffs eventually. Yeah, but okay, they Jazz have this have the ability this year to go from you know they lose George Hill and Gordon Hayward, which they very very well could, and it's looking like Hayward, you know, if you want to say Boston, and then George Hill, whatever or Miami, you know, if they don't replace them a ton, then they're not a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at Exum, Ingles, Rodney Hood. Ingles free agent too. Jeez. Exum, Hood, I mean, Gobert. Like that's a rebuild team right there. Like that's they're, a they're gonna team. have money. I mean, they could go out and it's just convincing somebody to come and then I don't know if you can pull off a trade for like a Ricky Rubio or something. That would be very interesting for them. I could definitely see that being a possibility for them. Like a sign and trade George Hill for Rubio. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm I'm for that. I'm all I'm here for those kind of suggestions. All right, the Thunder, they are stuck, man. They I can't see how they can do anything because they're losing Taj Gibson, who makes nine million dollars, and they have ten players. They, they I just got a, a notification from Woj saying that they're picking up Jeremy Grant's um, one point five million dollar option next year. So they have ten players under under you know. Uh, under cap now one of them is a waived player which i can't even remember off the top of my head but he's on for like two or three million or something like that and they have 112 million dollars guaranteed to those players <laughs> so they already start with negative 13 million dollars <laughs> they're 13 million dollars <laughs> over the cap so i i don't know what they can do they can't do anything the the big the big reason why is because uh steven adam get, gets his big jump up in uh in salary he goes from three million to like 22 million and depot and oladipo and they still have ennis Cantor, and obviously westbrook so there's that that's where (laughs) all our cap space is is right there and that's your core and that core is talent wise is as good as the the rockets we talked about it but (laughs) hey but if russ is getting his his triple doubles then who cares you You know know they're winning but, but those guys those are his guys though like those those guys are Russell Westbrook's <laughs> guys. So, all right, that's all I have to say about the Thunder. I can't see them doing anything unless they can make a trade. I mean, I think the I think they're a playoff team. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying oh, okay. as a, as a as a contender for free agents or to bring yeah. somebody in. There's no way. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's their. I think they dangle Cantor this off season and try to pull off something with him and. They got to get just something on the wing, maybe a three-team trade. They ditch out Cantor and I don't know, get something back. They still I mean, have even, McDermott though. Yeah, I like McDermott a, a lot. He, he he didn't play that well for him when they got him. But I mean, even if you came to a situation to where you like, I don't, I don't even know if you switched bad, if you swapped bad contracts. You know, even if you like, I don't know, call Portland and say, give me crap for Cantor. I mean. Did you say crap? Give me crap for Cantor? 
uh, Alan Crab. Oh, sorry, sorry. Crab. Okay, sorry. Not uh, crap. Freudian slip. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like but that's a, that's a thing they could do. But I don't, I'm just saying you got to switch something up, and that's about your only option. I like Stephen Adams a lot, so I mean, but yeah, I mean they're what a six, seven, eight, or something like that in the playoffs. Yep, probably. That's, that's exactly where they're going to be next year, and I, I could see them moving down to seven or even eight. All yeah. right, the uh, the Grizzlies, Chandler Parsons, ha 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 ha. Oh, CP. The best move the Mavericks ever made was Cancun was to choose Harrison Barnes over Chandler Parsons. And if the Kevin Durant thing didn't happen, then Harrison Barnes would never happen, and maybe Chandler Parsons is still on this Mavericks team. This is one of one of the only – you know one of my pet peeves is when reporters – well, one, when reporters try to go out of the way to prove that I reported this back in you know five months ago. and oh, but, I don't know anybody that does that. No, me neither. And then two – is when people like talk about the predictions, but this is one thing that I said forever. This is and I would, I don't know. I've just been so happy that it's worked out because I've gotten so many things wrong that I just love to talk about this with mass people so much because I was on record, like posted a piece for saying that we should, you know, not sign Chandler Parsons and we should sign Harrison Barnes and, I don't know some, especially my staff. They're like, really? Like, why do you want Harrison Barnes? You're just a homer because he's a Tar Heel. And they were, you know, and a lot of like a lot of Mass fans were, and rightfully so. I saw it. Wanted us to re-sign Chandler Parsons because they didn't think we'd get anybody else before, you know, he went to Memphis. But Dallas backed out of that. There's a piece in the saved in the drafts of our website called the mastery of chandler parsons and i have, <laughs> i've never opened it or read it but i just can't imagine what it says good don't do it, it was it was written or or last updated or modified in the time that he was a free agent so i don't know what that was going to be the mastery of chandler parsons like what was that going to be his vacation spots that's where he was during the draft for sure his, his dating game and i heard i heard from one of his very good friends that he was out um vacationing and working out in LA but go for it he put he put working out in quotes so I don't know what he's doing oh, this gosh. team has 74 million dollars tied up in Gasol Conley and Parsons that's 75 percent of their cap space then they have 92 million dollars total in guaranteed contracts and that's on top of losing Zebo, Tony Allen Vince Carter and then Jermichael Green and the restricted free agent I hope that he come I believe not not I hope I believe that he's going to come back because I just don't see where they're going to add anybody else to try to get better. And he's a young guy that has some upside. Who? Jermichael Green. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, not not any of the other three guys. <laughs> Zebo, Tony Allen, and Vince Carter. None of those guys <laughs> have upside. They're all about who they are. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, $92 million, that's like that's $7 million in cap space. That's not going to get you Jermichael Green. So adding him would just put them over the top. They're kind of stuck in a situation, too. Unless they can move Parsons. What what fan base <laughs> would be happy if you have, I don't know, if you have a to. A female-based t- <laughs> one. A female one. They don't even have half of a player like D'Angelo Russell to attach to that contract. Seriously. <laughs> For somebody to take. So they're, they're a little stuck. 
They're still a good team. I mean, obviously they made the playoffs. They're still going to be in the playoffs next year. Those two guys, Gasol and Conley, are all NBA caliber guys that, you know, I mean, that's a great combo. So I'm not saying that they're going to be a bad team. I'm just saying in free agency, they're not going to be able to do a lot. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they're, somebody. they're going to be a boring team uh, in free agency. I love Coach Fizz, though. He's yes. one of my favorite coaches in the league. They ain't going to rook us. Take that for death. Gosh, that was my favorite part of the playoffs. Is that sad that that was my favorite part of the playoffs? That is sad. It was definitely not mine. I'm still, guess- I'm still like, I have a take that for data shirt in my Amazon cart that I still haven't bought that I'm waiting to need to buy that thing. I should. The Blazers, holy crap! You want to talk about crap space? That is, no. that is the Blazers. We, we really don't have can't. The, we don't have the time to talk about all this. Contract. I just want to say they have 132 million dollars in guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. That's not like player options. That's not like team options. That's not like restricted free agents. That is literal like bold and like black colored lettering that is on their books. That is guaranteed money. Like they have to pay those next year unless they are moved stretched waived something <laughs> they can't amnesty they already used that so they already start out with like 33 million dollars over the cap yeah That's i'd rather insane. talk about lavar ball than mo harkless now they they they're just in a weird spot and, and nurkic solid trade for him i don't know how he fits with the they traded two first-round picks to move to move up to get Zach Collins, and then they still have Myers Leonard and Nurkic and other players up front court, Ed Davis and and more. So I don't know. Nurkic is their third best player, right? Like, yeah, there's no denying that he makes like three million dollars a year because he's still on his rookie deal. Yeah, don't forget about Evan Turner. And Alan Crabb, the famous Alan Crabb. At all least right, Alan Crabb is That's all we got to say like about the, the Blazers. Uh, the Nuggets, they ha- are going to have a lot of cap space too. They acquired uh, Mason Plumley. Yeah, Mason Plumley. I always have to think about which Plumley it is. Marshall, Miles, and Mason and Mathers. Um, the, they acquired him. He's a restricted free agent. And then Danilo Gallinari is an unrestricted free agent. Bye. So he's probably gone. That was six. That's sixteen million off the books for them. So they're going to have about forty-five million dollars in cap space, not including what they're going to give to Plumlee. And so they're a player. That's why you're seeing them in these in these trade talks with you know the Cavs and Pacers, and you know you're seeing them pop up in different places. So what do you think the Nuggets could do? Uh, I think they I think they get somebody like Minnesota. I think they get somebody. There's somebody out of pencil in as getting a a top a, a better free agent so i think players would like to play with Jokic. i think players respect michael malone i think he's a solid coach they got some young pieces gary harris uh, jamal murray they got i don't know that they just they're one of those teams that's that's kind of on the brink and i think that they could very well get somebody like a paul Millsap, and that would be a solid solid player to go alongside their their core and they would push you know i think a six seven eight seed if they got a big player like that what if and this is not for this season but next season they still have that money open and boogie comes back to mike malone that ain't (laughs) boogie and uh Jokic together boogie and Jokic. (laughs) boogie and the joker 
No, but it, like that'd be sweet. Where this <laughs> I kind of idea for the pod stemmed from is we're Nick and I were talking. Really, it came from the Minnesota trade. Yep. But we were talking about just how how these moves affect Dallas moving forward because you got the kind of the top heavy teams and you look at this kind of whole middle tier group of the Western conference and you kind of see a lot of these teams kind of taking the next step and, and Dallas, if you want to say they are too, about securing Nerlens and Dennis Smith, whatever, Harrison you know, there's, there's more uncertainty a little bit with, you know, because Dennis Smith's a rookie compared to like a Denver adding a Paul Millsap or something, and Jimmy Butler going to Minnesota. But I don't know. The key, what we were talking about is can Dallas keep up with these teams moving forward like a Minnesota? And but anyway, exactly. and Denver could be that if they get a big name. As we look at some of these teams in the, the upper echelon, like the playoff teams, they're, they have players that are on the downturn, just like Andre Iguodala, like we mentioned, and uh, the Spurs guys. Um, you know, the Grizzlies guys, they're they're all sort of on the downturn. You can see the Jazz in a rebuild situation. You see all these, these teams that are on the down. Now we're getting to the teams that are on the up. And so once that flips over, like the idea is the the idea with the draft is that the worst teams get better players that are younger and then eventually they will flip flop and the entire you know, the like the entire Western Conference standing should be flipped. Now obviously that doesn't always happen, but if you look at like ten years ago who was at the top of the, who's at the top of the West? You have the Lakers, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Mavericks. <laughs> like, mm. All these teams were at the top of the West, and so maybe in like ten years or so, you see this completely flipped. Uh, hopefully, it's less time for the Mavericks, but the uh, the Nuggets are definitely a team that's on the rise. They have Jokic, they have Murray, they have Gary Harris. Those are all like really good, solid players that you could see, you know, just being really, really good. Yeah. So if they add somebody else that could kickstart it, but this is a Nuggets team that they have. Uh, would you say that Jokic is better than anybody on the Mavericks? Better than anybody on the Mavericks? Yes. Yeah, and it has yes. more upside than anybody on the Mavericks, right? Maybe Correct. not. Maybe not Dennis Smith. I think Dennis Smith could have more upside than him, but I, it's hard to judge upside on a rookie, especially to, with for me. players in two different positions. But yeah, yeah. yeah so. Like Jokic is that good. Like that's what we're talking about. Like if the Mavericks had somebody like Jokic, we would talk about him every single day. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, uh, the Pelicans are next. They <laughs> are. <laughs> they are in a weird situation too. Uh, they got to figure out what they have with Boogie and the Brow. Uh, they. Have I just want to shout out to all you fans out there that when they got Boogie, that you penciled them in. We saw you. We saw we saw I, your articles. I was out. one of those guys. I was one of those guys that said that this should probably this should be a playoff team if if it works best. I didn't. That's know. like eight seed. No, not not specifically. You thinking they're a playoff team? There were some people out there thinking that. Ooh, what a first round matchup for Golden State. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I okay. thought they I thought they could make the eight seed. And that was a very big possibility. They were. Like the Blazers, Nuggets, and Pelicans were tied at a certain point at the end of the season, and yeah. then the Blazers just pulled away. They just have the they have no shooting. That was the thing when they got yeah. Cousins. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Cousins could arguably be your best three point shooter on the team, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that's like no joke because you're paying like I don't know you have a Dwight Powell in, on your team like Solomon Hill that you're paying and it's Seriously. just not good. And but anyway, they need shooting. 
however they figure that out, I don't know. So they have Drew Holiday, obviously, that we've mentioned on this podcast a lot, that is an unrestricted free agent. And uh, so he's unrestricted. And then you have $22 million tied up in Solomon Hill and Omar Ashik. <laughs> and then you have $20 million in um, Anthony Davis. And then you have like $18 million, I think, in Boogie. So that's where all their cap space is. If you're wondering, like, why can't the Kings do anything? They have terrible players. That's why. <laughs> That's where they Pelicans. Are. They're That's on a they're, they're a team that is somehow should be on the rise that is like on the decline already. Hmm. Now how much how much of a how much of a haul? Like what what if New New Orleans turned around and flipped Boogie and got like a heck of a package? And, you know, in Sacramento, you know, got an okay to, package. It would have to include picks too be, to make it that much of a haul. I can't see them getting like straight up players for him, but Obviously, yeah, but like, like, what if they just sold sold out and said, "Okay, the Kings sold out. And they got nothing. They got Buddy and Langston Galloway, and didn't they, I don't get, know. Didn't they get Tyreek Evans back?" <laughs> yeah, but but I don't know. It's also Vladdy. Like, if you're if you sell out and say, "Hey, let's trade Boogie and Anthony Davis," talking about the future haul you could bring in. Oh my gosh, you just Both, take all no. of Boston's assets. For Anthony Davis, you just do Anthony Davis. Like you are, you are getting a haul for that. But I think if that happens, I think the team might move because they would be so bad that <laughs> Brooklyn hasn't. Moved. That becomes your new Seattle SuperSonics. If if that happens, I'm calling it. If they trade Anthony Davis before his contract runs out, they become the Seattle SuperSonics. <laughs> What's happening? They they, they do really bad financially. Se- that is very true. Seattle is the the. Uh, the, so Seattle to the NBA is the, is what LA used to be to the NFL. It's just like teams better be like good or established and historic because like the Philadelphia 76ers were never moving. That's not a thing that happens. Uh, like yeah. the Lakers will never move, but like teams like the Pelicans or, you know, even the Bucks, like, even like the Grizzlies, like there's, you know, threats. Yeah. there. So um, moving on <laughs> to, the Sacramento Kings. Well, actually, the Mavericks would be next. We've we've talked about them enough. This is locked on Mavericks. So, <laughs> the uh, the Kings. Why would anyone want to go there? <laughs> is my question. Um, solid question, Nick. And on to the next team. <laughs> but <laughs> they are going to have the most cap space of anybody. They're going to have sixty four million dollars in cap space. Tyreek Evans and Rudy Gay are unrestricted free agents. Aaron Aflalo had a non guarantee a thirteen million dollar non guaranteed contract. To me, that doesn't even make sense. How do you even get that guy to agree to a non-guaranteed contract of $13 million? Like Devin Harris has $4.4 million of non-guaranteed money. And I think that's kind of high. So yeah. you imagine like, like literally just non-guaranteed. That's like an NFL contract. It makes no sense to me. No, it makes no sense. But I do like what Sacramento's doing with their core though. Just keep building your core. Fox, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, Buddy Heald. Willie Cauley Stein, Scal, like I don't know. It's just get some young players in there. Don't go out and do anything stupid. And what besides, did you just wait? What did you just say? I said don't go out and do anything stupid. Oh, okay, and and who are we talking about? Vladi. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Vlade, by the way, when the Kings came and played the Mavericks, Vlade was sitting in the stands, like right under the uh, media table <laughs> where I was. I was like, what are you doing? I guess he just has a better vantage point from that spot. It was section just, it's section uh one twenty three, I think. I don't know. In the lower bowl. Anyway. 
So moving on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is the reason why we wanted to start this conversation. So here we are. We've made it <laughs> like 45 <laughs> minutes into the podcast, and we made it finally do what we wanted to talk about. They are they already have $25 million in cap space, and Ricky Rubio is guaranteed $14 million next year, and they can move him. If they move him in a deal like we mentioned for like a sign-and-trade for George Hill, that could be really good for this team. George Hill adds shooting. He adds a guy that's been in the playoffs and won. They, he adds like a, a – he, he has shooting and scoring, but he's also a good defensive guy. They really struggled last year defensively. And it also adds you know just like a leadership guy, another guy that's just a veteran that's been around. And I think that could be amazing for them. I'm actually, yeah, talk- I'm actually jealous of that move, that move that we came up with, and I hope that it doesn't happen for the Mavs' sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, we said a few pods ago, I said how high would Minnesota have to finish in the West for you to be shocked? And I think what we say in the top four. If they hypothetically get George Hill, I wouldn't be shocked if they finished like two. Ooh. George that's Hill little... and Jimmy adding George Hill and Jimmy Butler. That's 20, yeah, that's 20 wins. Then this team becomes a 51 win team, which is not second in the West, but Yeah, I mean with with Jimmy, I mean everybody were everybody was all aboard their ship last year. Seriously, about people the... were saying 50 wins. People were betting things. Yeah. On so 50 wins. I had them a fringe playoff team. I thought they would be closer to the playoffs than what they too. were, but I had them like 8 or 9, but adding Jimmy and just making no more moves, even though they have cap space to go get another point guard. Um, I don't know. I think they're five through five through seven in the West. I think they, I think they're the jazz this year that they're the team that jolts up to the five or six seed. That's the 50 wins. That's 50 wins right there for them. So they're going to get it this year. It seems like every year we're like, all right, this time they're going to get, they're going to get to 50 wins in the playoffs. I think they move up to 500. Just such a 20-game jump is incredible. We saw the Bucks do that. Uh, was it like two years ago? They were the, they had the second pick in the draft, got Jabari, and then they end up making the playoffs the next year. Um, that was like the biggest jump that I can remember. That was two years ago, I think. Like, how do you justify? How do you justify not making the playoffs with or, that roster with with Jimmy Towns and Wiggins? If that doesn't happen, then you're really questioning something. Like you're questioning if Wiggins is good, is you know Towns that complete of a player. You know, like you start really questioning like careers at that point. <laughs> so you have to do something this year. But the Timberwolves added Jimmy Butler, and he's Jimmy Butler. Like he's a really good player. He's top, I don't know, fifteen, seventeen player in the NBA. He might not be yeah. the best player on that team. Yeah, Towns might uh-huh. be better than him. It's just saying something. So I think that just exponentially makes them better. <sighs> Hopefully this team makes it because you just don't want to see like a miserable team with really fun, awesome players on it. That's just boring to watch. Yeah, they'll they'll make it. And with the right moves this summer, they could be the team in a year, in a couple years, two to three years that challenges Golden State. In my opinion, they have to get the right four or five. Depends on what they decide to do. But they got to get. A yeah, that's right. Like, depend on what they do this summer. Of, you know, what if they get Kyle Lowry? 
you know, yeah, Lowry. That's cutting them I'm, off. That's cutting them off long term wise to me. I'm not saying that they're not going to beat the Warriors this year, but I'm just saying, or you know, I don't know how it is, but a core of Towns, Butler, and Wiggins in two years, three years, depending on who that point guard is. I think it's, I don't know. We're I, looking at you, Chris Dunn. It should have been you, man. Should have been you. Yeah. <laughs> have fun in Chicago with the little. Do you see his number is 32? Is it really? Yep. Michael Jordan backwards. Oh, how cool. Let's hope. You're definitely better than little Ratatouille Cameron Payne. <laughs> <laughs> Who would Cameron Payne be ratatouilleing? Like I don't know. Controlling them from, from the top. He better, le- he better learn how to cook because he might not play in the NBA. The Lakers, the only thing that – I mean, Paul George is obviously – that's just over-talked about so much, just the Paul George to the Lakers. And then they have Luol Deng that still needs to be moved. They ended up moving Mozgov, which seemed like, seemed like a thing they could never do, but they had to get rid of D'Angelo Russell to do it. You know what I kind of hate with Luol Deng? He's such a good guy. I know. And now he's just labeled as just a super bad contract. And it just kind of sucks because he's just like a good veteran, good humanitarian guy, does a lot of charity work. And now he's just like anytime his name's brought up, it's just laughing at how bad of his contract is. It's And it's not laughing at Luol Dang. Like it's just laughing at Mitch. No, it's a brilliant move on him. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Called him, him at like 12.05 right after they got done talking to Mozgov. <laughs> what a fire what a fireable move that was. They should just like gosh. I just want to see Dang's face when he's with his family when he hangs up saying Mitch Mitch Kupchak just offered me <laughs> offered you what? Eighteen million <laughs> to move to LA a year. Seriously. <laughs> uh, okay. You should get a discount from guys get to move to LA. And and you're not gonna dress for a lot of games? You're just gonna like get to chill? It's like, oh wow! And be a locker room guy. He's that's the that's the man right there. I mean, come on, it's the life. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah, King uh, those, Lakers will suck this year. Those contracts were so bad. Jeannie Buss fired not only her brother, her own brother, but also <laughs> fired Mitch Kupchak, who's been with the Lakers almost as long as Donnie Nelson has been with the Mavericks. <laughs> like, wow. I think longer. He's I think he's definitely been there longer, but just like that caliber of a guy that has just been there so long the last team we're going to look at is the phoenix suns they have 50 million dollars tied up in bledsoe knight tyson chandler and jared dudley those are four guys that are in their immediate future but are not in their long distance future like that's not those aren't core guys that they're looking at Uh, they have josh jackson uh booker then they have the two guys from last year bender and chris and then tj warren i guess is another guy uh, Tyler Eulis, maybe you could throw him in there. That's kind of their young core that they're building around. This is another team on the rise. And then uh, those those veteran guys, it's just it's a weird fit with, with all those guys. And uh, I want Tyson Chandler back in Dallas. And I believe that a lot of people think the same as me. The only thing about it is, dang, he's just so loved by everyone. Like Phoenix, like he would, be in the, he would have been the perfect like buyout candidate last year. And even like maybe this summer. But they just love him because he's just the perfect like teammate and veteran, and he's just embraced the the young guns in Phoenix, and 
being their veteran leadership presence. And he said he likes being that right now. And Phoenix is like, we'll pay you 13 million to be that because that's how great he is with, you know, being around a team. So I don't know if he was not as good of a man, he would probably have been bought out already. And then we wouldn't <laughs> want him back. <laughs> no, I'd love, I'd love him in Dallas. I wish we'd talking before we went on the pod, if God. we could get him. That'd be incredible. We'll give you, we'll take his contract. We'll give you Dwight Powell. <laughs> oh gosh, please. I would do that in a heartbeat. And a first round pick. No, I wouldn't <laughs> give him a first. Besides we'll give him a, a protected first that'll turn into two seconds. How about that? <laughs> That's how we got the last center. <laughs> I think that was my first tweet this year that like blew up like this season. Whenever I talked to Tyson about Dirk. Oh yeah, that and then a couple of people just took it and ran with it. But he's a cool—I don't know—he's a really cool dude. I want him back in Dallas. So that's kind of where they are. Look, look, look to see them try to move either Bledsoe or Knight, but maybe not because they didn't really get a point guard in the draft. Knight more so they want to try to move off of him. Uh, and then the rest of the guys—I mean, I don't think they're going to be a big player in free agency, but they have some pieces to move around. So they're, they're a team to watch mainly because. Ryan McDonough, I think it's yep. McDonough. Yeah, McDonough. Uh, I don't know. He's just in a stage now to where he's almost on the borderline firing range, and he needs to make some moves. So if they're they're a low key team, they always get like you know they were the secret team in that Lamarcus Aldridge sweepstakes. That was so and, weird. Yeah, that's super. Why weird. Tyson Chandler is on their team right now? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. They're they're just a team to watch to getting involved, and we saw it, you know, in some of these like maybe three team trades. If one of those goes down, a big one, you know, we, they said you know something about Porzingis before the draft, and I don't know. They're just a, a team to keep an eye on with that. There you go. Those are all the teams in the West. We talked about free agency primer for you, Mavs fans. Thanks so much for joining us on Locked On Mavs. We are still collecting Dennis Smith Jr. nicknames. Go to iTunes, rate us five stars, comment your Dennis Smith Jr. nickname ideas. We will read all of them on a later podcast. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Subscribe on iTunes. Also follow us at Nick Van Exit at Isaac Harris NBA. We appreciate all the tweets. And uh, thanks so much, guys. Peace out. Boom. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.